It's the After Talk. After Talk's Rose. It is the After What's Talk. Up? I'm meeting After Talk's Rose. What's up? After Talk's Rose. It's the After Talk, y'all. It's the After Talk. What's up, what's up, what's up? Hello, hello, and how are you doing? Welcome to Up With An Armor Presents, our meeting at the Crossroads Music Series, After Talk. Now, the After Talk is where we actually get a chance to go back a little bit and focus in on some of the interviews that we had earlier in the year with some of the artists. So sit back, relax, snap on the seatbelt, do whatever you got to do, grab some popcorn, because we're about to get nitty gritty and get a little bit around the edges of things, if you know what I mean. Master vocalist, singer extraordinaire, anomaly, are some of the names that are used to define our next artist. Mike Hammond, direct from Hollis, Queens, by way of Newark, New Jersey. Give it up once again for Mike Hammond, y'all. Okay, we back for part two with Mike Hammond. I know uh, the last part one with Cody Jenkins was definitely funny. <laughs> definitely funny and informative at the same time. But, um... We uh, started off talking about uh, what his drink of choice was, which was Shinerbach. And at that time, I was drinking Bird Dog Black Cherry Whiskey. Well, I'm still kind of on that a little bit, but I did mention before, and I'm going to mention again. I'm going to do a little plug. Snoop Dogg got his drink out. That's my homie. <laughs> Not my personal homie. I really don't know him. I've never really met him. Maybe shook his hand once in my life, and it was in passing. But no, he has out Cali Red with 19 crimes left. See, 19 Crimes is one of my wine of choices. It's 19 Crimes and Apothic Red. Apothic Red, I get the, uh, like, the Inferno, anything above 14%. But uh, this Cali Red is 14.1, so it's teeter-tottering a little bit, Snoop. But I'm still trying to do you some justice here. And it's actually a smooth taste, man. I really like it, man. It got a little sweet aftertaste. You know, um, it's like that little cherry grape-type after bite so to speak, but um, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. I don't know how Crip deals with uh, Cali Red. <laughs> Crip dealing with Cali Red. I don't really know. I won't speak on it anymore, but I'll just leave that there for you. Um, <laughs> but I'm digging the wine. I'm digging the wine, so I ain't judging, and I have no problems with this situation. Right now, we're dealing with Mike Hammond. Music and vocalist extraordinaire. No humility on this guy at all. <laughs> but he's a drinker, too. He's a drinker, too. I don't think he drinks the dark like I do, the whiskey. And I definitely don't think he drinks the beer like Cody with the Shiner Bach. I think the last time I saw Mike Hammond with a beer bottle or can, it wasn't beer. I thought it might have been beer. And it was cider. Woo! But what is Mike Hammond drinking on right now, these days? Let's tune in and see what this cat has mixed up in this cup. Let's see. We shall see. You drinking anything? I am. I'm drinking a strong-ass drink out of me. Oh, wait. Is this a PG show? Wait. No, it's not PG. <laughs> but it okay, is. Yeah. I have to, yeah. We, we, let's say PG-13. How about a rated R? Can we get a rated R? No, because I... Uh, yeah, I got to see the script first. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. Well, cheers to you, brother. Cheers to you. So wait, PG-13s mean only a little bit of cursing. A little okay. bit of homelessness. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. <laughs> you said uh, you made a, a a strong ass drink. What kind of drink is it? It's it just tastes like vodka and ice with a little coloring in it. What the? What's the coloring? It's supposed to be cherry um ch cherry cranberry juice. You sure it's not cherry cranberry liqueur? You done mix liquor with liquor? Maybe. I've been in your crib before, so I know that liquor stash is deep. Listen. And that crack tea that you make. Listen. <laughs> Grown-ass man habits. I hear that. I hear that. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from... I can't even talk now. Too much drink. Um, I'm originally from House Queens. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, grew yeah. up in that. Did you know any of those people as a child? Like, I know you were a kid when some of these people were like, I don't know, moving in groups. Yeah, I grew up with Jim Master J. Jim Master J lived, I lived on one side of 203, and he lived on the other side of 203. Okay. So we grew up knowing each other. Um, running DMC, they, they were all in Hollis. Um, DMC lived uh, Avenue over, but down a little bit. Um, I don't remember Joe being in Hollis much, but Russell lived in Hollis. Okay. Um, LL Cool J lived in Farmers, which was a neighboring town of Hollis. Okay. Um, who else? A lot of jazz musicians. Yeah. You know, Tom Brown was from my area. Um, musicians like um, Omar Hakeem. Yeah. Drummer. He's from Hollis. Um, there's so many. I can, I, I could go on. Delicious. Yeah. Well, that's the well, I, I so so I'll take that back. Not just a heavy hip hop scene, it's a heavy music scene, period. Yeah, it was just musicians were everywhere. I mean, you could go like in the summertime, bands would jam in the park. <laughs> and me being little, I always wanted to jam with the teenagers. I didn't want to hang with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't interest me. <laughs> Now, this brother is from deep in the heart of Queens, so I don't know where he gets that vodka and that little cherry sweetie mix thing from with his drink, because I know they drink a little bit heavier there, but uh, we're going to let him have that, y'all. <laughs> um, but like part one with part two, we want to talk a little bit about these vocals, these vocals, what these vocals are doing. I mean, nothing's happening on my end except for speaking. So I want to see what other singers are doing or what they have done, how they came about with their sound and with their voice. I mean, and with Mike Hammond, he's such a beast of a vocalist. Uh, his range is impeccable. But at the same time, um, he's not humble about it. <laughs> and he has no shame about it. So I have no shame about giving him a little bit of shade <laughs> towards that lack of humility. But with that, he stands behind his voice. He supports it. He knows what he has. And he holds his own. So there's no argument there. <laughs> He's going to outsing most people that step up to, to the plate. He's always ready. He's always up to bat, and he's ready to hit a home run. So we definitely have to hear about Mike Hammond's voice and where it comes from and what it does and how it stretches because I'm hearing this brother hit notes from as low as a bass to as top as a soprano. And I want to know how his voice does what it does. How do you do what you do? Let me in. Tell me about it. Now, did you start off performing and singing as a kid, or did it come later? As a kid, at three. At three, I, sang, okay. I started singing at three. 
Um, it's funny because I sang, I sang in church, and right after church, my aunt took me to her house and taught me the Jackson Five song. So really? I had that split of R&B gospel thing. And sometime I was, I, I knew I wanted to be an R&B singer. Sometime I would slip up and sing Baby in church, you know, because yeah. I knew where I was going. I, 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 did, I did, I did, I did that too. I got oh, kicked yeah. out of that choir. <laughs> yeah. They didn't kick me out. They just kept trying to correct me, but it just didn't work. <laughs> you like baby calling. Jesus, baby Jesus. Jesus. Um, they stopped. They stopped calling that song. <laughs> <laughs> they said we're gonna call something else, something that's lyric heavy. Um, so okay, saying so, you pretty much kept that same range because you still sing up there in the soprano rafters. Yeah, some it's yeah. I think I learned how to breathe it differently at an early age. Okay. You know, because once your voice starts changing, you know where it comes naturally, you have to train it so it's more of a head voice, but then it, you have to stretch your range so that the head and the actual chest can actually meet and you don't see the break. You don't hear the break in the voice. like a strong mix. Yeah, it's definitely a strong mix. Yeah. So it's something that you work at. Now, you know? were you knowledgeable of that technique at that time or were you kind of just falling into certain grooves and then learned a little bit more about it later? I was always one for listening. You know, when I was younger, I would listen to certain singers and how they would sing and where it was coming from, because I realized that everybody wasn't singing from the same place. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was big on hearing that and trying to figure out where it came from, trying to emulate where it was coming from. And then I realized the different sides of my voice and, the, and where I needed to breathe from. So, okay, that's it. Hence the title, Master Vocalist, I understand. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> what I was saying was, to you and to them, what we know your voice to be live when you're doing covers and band gigs, concerts, <laughs> or musicals or whatnot, is completely different from the Mike Hammond experience uh, yes. as far as your recording and your music. Uh -huh. Can you speak on why there is maybe a, a Gemini effect here where you're two different people? <laughs> or is that just, I don't know. I mean, I'll let you speak on it first before I, <laughs> you know, you know, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> well, I thank you. Um, <laughs> it's all about, um, for me, I can only speak for me, but um, it's about the mood for me, you know? Um, a lot of stuff that I write, it um, the stories that I write and the melodies that I'm on, it doesn't call for the push or the aggressiveness of a song, you know? Um, so I pull it back a lot, you know, as to, you know, going live and singing somebody else's song where they may be aggressive, you know, the audience sees something totally different. So I'm just... I'm just hoping that they enjoy both and I can put both of them together and they'll just allow me that time. I know I have. And I think, you know, it was different for me and the experience that I had with you because I obviously met you doing a musical where we we all had to sing a, a certain type of way. We can mm -hmm. only bring but so little of ourselves into these roles. Um, yeah, and plus the sound guy sucks, so we had to push a lot. Hey! Exactly. Um, yeah. 
and some people came to the production pushing before the yeah. time got even Come got on. Come on so with the yellow. We won't, we won't, <laughs> we won't go Come there. <laughs> um, but um, you gonna, with that being said. You're going to provoke me. You're going to provoke me for real. <laughs> I mean, you had a lot of uh, natural belters, and I don't know if that uh, that was a technique for them. It was just, you know. Um, I can't call that natural. <laughs> I know it was naturally loud. Um, we, we Man, we know a lot of singers that just sing loud, but we won't bring all of them up. Um, maybe some of you them. Know what it is? You know what it is? I think that people, like, it starts in the audition right? And you're in an empty room. And for some reason, in people's minds, they feel like I want my voice to ring in this room so they'll hear me and stuff. But in all actuality, you're kind of really scaring the auditioners. Yeah, thanks for coming. Next. (laughs) Yeah, because if anybody knows singers, you're not going to do that eight shows a week. Yeah. You're going to be good for five, and then you're going to be out for two. Yeah. If that. And that was happening even on our tour. Yeah. I mean, um, and and we know my whole uh, experience and journey through the show that we were doing, but when I, <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, taking that off, my, <laughs> off of my throne <laughs> of what I thought I was being a natural bass, I, I went back into baritone tenorland, but um, changing to that and having to be a swing as a, uh, you know, for some of those characters, we knew that a lot of people actually did experience that uh, unfortunate um, degree of separation, so to speak. And <laughs> this is what put me back on stage a lot more than I thought I would be, because I didn't even have an idea what a swing was. You know, my first time, that was my first time ever swinging, and um, I was out at the bar. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, you are. This is like, I mean, cell phones have been around, but you know, it wasn't like how we use them now. Exactly. I got a text on my phone, and I'm like, I'm backstage. I'm like, texting back for what? <laughs> <laughs> such and such is out of the show. But why? Stop asking questions and come. Like, all right. And come back then. She's like, you smell like pure cognac. Cause that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> I ain't working today. <laughs> it's what I thought. I didn't know if it was like I'm on call like a doctor, you know. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what you are. <laughs> but I learned uh very fast. But all that being said, is we know that yeah, a lot of people did do that um as a <laughs> unfortunate technique or whatever. However, mm-hmm. trans- transferred from from audition room to stage. But um, <laughs> perfect. So all that to be said. You said uh, you found this different the different nuances of how you want things to be perceived based on uh, your recording, based on what maybe is being asked of you to do or whatnot. I was just, you know, listening to that because out of us coming from Smokey Joe's doing that show, I then went into every now and then being able to do a few gigs with you, uh, singing mm-hmm. background for you. And I'm listening right. to the music and I'm listening to you performing. I'm like, this ain't what he was sounding like the other day. You know? See, because in Smokies, I wasn't allowed to use my sexy. Yeah. You know, in my show, I could use my sexy. Oh, Jesus. Say what? That's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I mean, I'm not Teddy Pendergrass. Turn them off! What the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's my lane. That's my lane. That's you. That's you all day. That's my dude. 
<laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. And you heard it here. You see what the brother said. The master vocalist himself, Mike Hammond. So, like I told you, he holds no punches. There's no humility there. But, uh, but he knows what he's talking about. And he knows what he does. And I guess he knows how to do it, so. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Get off the stage! We're going to keep on keeping on. Um, make sure you guys check in with us a little bit later on. We got more artists and more stories and more topics to bring up. Maybe y'all have a question. We'll send us a little message. If it's good, send it straight to me. Darren Lorenzo. D-Lo, that is. If it's bad, uh, send it to somebody else. I really... Yeah, not nah. because <laughs> we're gonna be here regardless for the time limit that we chose to be here. But we do thank you for uh tuning in and um hanging out with us with uh our two artists, Cody Jenkins and Mike Hammond, uh, talking about the voice, talking about drinks, talking about our journey through this pandemic that we have to exist through. I hope everybody's doing good, and I hope whatever you're doing, you're doing it well. Doing it and doing it and doing it well. Hey, doing it and doing it and doing it well. <laughs> he represents Queens. Cody was raised down in Fort Worth. <laughs> I'm from Atlanta, y'all. Co-host Bruno, New Jersey. And we out. to talk.